You're listening to a podcast of Spurious Morality. And welcome to a podcast of Spurious Morality. Uh, we are here to talk about all of the fantastic releases from Big Finish in September. Uh, with me, I have Jimmy. Hi. And I have Mansoor as well. Hello. Um, and it's been a great month. I, I've been blown away by Big Finish this month. We have had some incredibly good stuff. Um We've had a great Torchwood. I do love the monthly Torchwoods, but I thought this one was something special. Uh, I really enjoyed 42. I really enjoyed the Benny set. Feels like there's been a really high calibre. So uh, let's let's uh, go with a spoiler warning, uh, first of all. So we are, as I've said, talking about big finish releases from September. So that could include 42, 10th Doctor Classic Companions, uh, the new Benny set, Torchwood Death in Venice and Doctor of War 2. Um let's let's go straight over to you guys then. Uh Quickfire, what was your favorite release of the month? You go first, Jimmy. For me, it definitely has to be Death in Venice. They've really done a great job with Ace in this and her previous Torchwood appearance, and yeah, definitely the highlight of the month for me. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh what about you, Mansell? Uh, has to be the Bernie Summerfield set, uh, definitely. But it's a pretty strong month. There's one or two others that I, I quite liked as well. But yeah, it's definitely the the Bernie set. It's it, I mean it, it's definitely a tricky month to pick a favourite from. But I'm going to go for the Benny set as well. Uh, just Benny and David Warner versus the Cybermen in Nazi Germany. Excellent. Um, so first of all, uh, let's talk about uh, the Fifth Doctor set we've had this month, which was 42. Um, and it was, I mean, really it's difficult to talk about 42 on its own, I guess. It's along with the first 40, it is, it's essentially one long story. There was an argument, I guess there is an argument that it's, that it's just a uh, 12 parter. Um, but 42, uh, was made up of one story, uh, one six-part story, the Auton Infinity. Um, a lot in there to enjoy. Um, what did you think of it, Mansell? I like that they're playing around with the format for a start, that not every story has to be four episodes long, so that's a, that's a good thing. Um, I'm trying to think back over the three stories. I like the variation in length because it means that you tell different types of stories within that sequence. Um, now this isn't like a maybe not a criticism of the 
the content itself, maybe just the amount of stuff there is to get through and how much time I've got. But I did at one point think, oh, could there be a way of like slimming this down a little bit and squeezing it into one box set? Maybe you would have lost a lot of good stuff though, because um, there is a lot going on. Um, and you do jump around, well, doing spoilers, so you jump around the Fifth Doctor's timeline and you get to uh, interact with like different iterations of his crew. So I guess from that point of view, you want enough space to do each of those those justice. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed it. And um, it was because it was meant to be a bit of a celebration of it's called 40. It's meant to be a bit of a celebration of the fifth Doctor's era, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I think it, it was a success in that respect. You get to uh, and they sneak in a, a little cameo with um, uh, Perry right at the end as well. I just realised with these stories as well that, like, yeah, the last big one is the Auton story, uh, and there's loads of stuff going on with duplicates, and that's a big part of the plot. But then they've got loads of recasts in these in that episode in particular as well. One thing that stood out to me uh, about uh, Forty Two was um, I wasn't convinced that I, I really like John Culshaw. I think John Culshaw does an excellent job. But I uh, really wasn't convinced that, as the press release for it said, him playing three characters all in the same scene was going to work. And it absolutely did. I thought he was really effective. He's, he's Ainley Masters, excellent. I really hope we see or hear more of that. Um, and it really added to the set. Could you really have a Fifth Doctor celebration set without the Ainley Master in it? So, yeah, that was great to hear. Um, let's move on to our next release of the month, uh, which is 10th Doctor Classic Companions. Um, I enjoyed this one. This was, wasn't anything groundbreaking, wasn't anything life-changing, but it was really nice to hear, uh, the 10th Doctor interact with these characters. Um, I'd say my personal favourite episode was probably the third one, uh, the one that featured Ace and Axos uh, awful lot of fun there was some interesting stuff in there Quantum of Axos, that's what it's called um, do you want to talk to us about uh, the Tenth Doctor Classic Companions Jimmy? Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the Ace episode being the best for me I'd say each episode was better than the last and that's not an insult to the first episode I think it was brilliant, it's um, the Leela story was really did such a good job and with its twists and that, I mean, sorry for the spoilers here, but um, we've already said we've got them. So yeah, it's not really Leela, but the dynamic that she has with the 10th Doctor really works and the way he sounds so sad when he realises that it isn't her and when she s- says all that stuff about, oh, my my dearest friends here, like, we can definitely trust him. And then the 10th Doctor realises she's talking about canine and hasn't recognised him. Absolutely brilliant and touching. And, yeah, it was a great story. And apart from Leela not being the real Leela, it was, um, yeah, a really great one. The Nyssa episode, I was, honestly, before it came out, I was expecting it not to really be the best one because the whole stuntman thing but the the twist reveal and it's all in this medical program and it really made use of Nissa so well and it actually was related to her which it didn't seem like it would be from the uh blurb before release and 
did such a good job of her personality and shining through and the twist with canine having to pretend to be her father and getting so intent on the role that he's trying to make her believe she's the fictional character because he believes he is. It's, it was just such an excellent dynamic and I really enjoyed that story. It was definitely such a good one and so much better than I was expecting because, as I said, it was the one I was expecting to be the least of the set, but it was actually even better than the Leela episode, so that was a nice surprise. But, yeah, definitely for me, the Ace story was the best one. I think Ace has really done well this month between this box set and her Torchwood appearance. I had gone off Ace a little bit, I must admit, because after Hex left, she sort of went downhill a bit in the Mel stories I personally found. But this month's releases and the previous Torchwood release she is in has really reinvigorated my love for the character. They've handled her so brilliantly and the older and wiser take on her has been shown really well across these releases. And I think uh, although the Torchwood release was my favourite this month, I think this release with Axos did a really good job of showing how far she's come by having the Axos pretend to be this young, inexperienced ace of season 25 where, oh, Fenric and um, Ghostlight haven't happened I'm all cheery and happy and we can be like this again and trying to tempt the Doctor with that. And it made a nice parallel to School Reunion when um, the um, I'm mentally blanking on the main Krillotane guy's name, but when he says, you can have her young and all that again, it can be just like the old days. It was a nice callback to that to do the same thing with Ace and it made even more tempting, I suppose, for the Doctor by having... It, an actual version of Ace that did seem to be all that. And it's great that Doc didn't fall for it and great to see the real Ace and how much development and maturity she's got over the years come back. And, yeah, it was just such an incredible story for me. And I really think they've done brilliant things with Ace this month and it's made me excited all over again for when she comes back before too long on the actual TV series. Yeah, it's. I guess it's a good year for Ace, really. Uh, and I'm glad that we are sort of exploring old Ace uh, a little bit further now that sort of a charitable earth and all that kind of thing is well established. Um, I think it's good that so we can see how the Doctor has come back into her life. And they did it with Dark Universe a couple of years ago. And uh, now we've, we've seen a bit more of older Ace and I like it. It's good. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tenth Doctor Classic Companions, Mansell? Yeah, I agree with all of that. The um, the Ace story. Well, I mean, in terms of story, the the Leela story is probably the most creative or atmospheric in terms of plot and what's going on. Uh, but the Ace story was my favourite of the three. But in terms of the actual plot mechanics of what's going on around it, it's nothing too revolutionary. But it is just that character being used well and the dynamic with the doctor that made it my favorite of the box set. Um, and yeah, and I, I totally agree with the stuff about older ace being used well. And I was looking like when dark universe came out, I was looking forward to it. Maybe, maybe too much, maybe my sort of expectations got set really high. And then I thought it just kind of went down. They made the choice of almost rerunning that teenage angst, um, from Fenric and Younger Ace. Um, and I just feel like this month, the two Ace stories we've got have just had her being grown up, kind of still with, you know, some 
sort of foibles and issues, but she's just a bit more at peace with herself and is just getting on with, uh, you know, having these these new adventures. Um, so I think that's a really nice take on the character, just uh, to have progressed her a little bit. Yeah, and it, it's, you know, having Ace's timeline is, it's one of the big nightmares of the, the Doctor Who universe, really, isn't it? Um, and it's nice that we've kind of reached a point where there kind of isn't the baggage of, well, at what point in Ace's timeline are we here? We know where we are. We're later on. We're, we're after Gallifrey and all that kind of thing. Uh, so it's yeah, quite but... nice to, uh, I suppose, have sort of a level of understanding of how this, how this is affecting the character and where she's up to. Yeah, building up a little bit of a, a new era for her. Because they mentioned the Time War as well, and Ace doesn't know anything about it. So yeah, it's seemed, it like, can... yeah, it seems like that memory wipe is still holding. Yeah, and of course, see. the as they say in the extras, I think David Tennant said, oh, you're leaving Ace with K9. Are you trying to set up a spin-off? And um, judging by the reactions of uh, the rest of the crew, maybe they are. I'm I'm all for a, a charitable Earth spin-off. Let's see it. Let's have that be brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm just going to mention actually the, the sort of the use of K nine in this set because I've always felt that K nine's been a little underserved by Big Finish. Um, plenty of appearances, but uh, he he's uh, is it fair to say he's treated as a bit of a disposable character? Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. Um, and one of the big things that's always bugged me is K9 just disappeared from the Gallifrey series. Um, and now we know why it's actually solved a what's that seven, eight year long mystery? Where did K9 go in Gallifrey? Um, so yeah, I, I quite like that that got picked up on, and I quite like that K9 was kind of the glue that held this set together. Uh, and it was great to see the 10th Doctor interact with K9 again. Um, but yeah, it, very enjoyable set. Uh, let's talk about uh, Bernice Summerfield now then. Uh, so Blood and Steel, the, I mean, the, as we've said, Mansour, it's our highlight of the month. Uh, and I've, I just thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was brilliant. And I think it's, uh, obviously, it's the last, sadly, the last uh, we're going to get in this range because uh, David Warner is no longer with us. Um, but incredibly strong set. So you go first, Mansell. What did you think of it? Yeah, this. It's. Um, I think what this set does it like recalls the best of what Bernice has been in the past, like right back to. Was it second or third ever, um, or fourth? Like the very, very early release uh, in the first series of Bernice Audios when they did an adaptation of Just War. Uh, yeah, the the character in the series are really set up to deal with um, the kind of horrible parts of history, like uh, um, like fascism and Nazi Germany. So it kind of recalls the the best of Bernie Summerfield as a series, but also I thought it 
really, really fitted the character of David Warner's Doctor and worked specifically for him. Because there's a lot of stories where they're generic Doctor Who stories. They might be very good, but you could swap out different Doctors and it would kind of work. But the story, the writing, the dynamic with Bernice, all of that was felt like it was crafted very specifically for his his version of the character. Um, just that he's like a little bit, a little bit more more weary, a bit more uh, cynical than maybe some other doctors are, a bit colder at times. But then also he has those really really lovely moments of showing how much he deeply cares about Bernice and how angry he gets when she's hurt or in danger. Um, so yeah, I thought this was an amazing like showcase for um for him and uh, and yeah sadly the last set where the two of them will be together but like a really really amazing one to to go out on yeah absolutely um it's i mean they've they've become one of the best partnerships in doctor who ever uh benny and the unbound doctor Uh, and i've thoroughly enjoyed all of the sets but i think this could well be sort of the best one of the lot and you're right it does play in many ways like a sort of Benny's greatest hits um you know focusing on really good themes and ideas and just putting two characters into or two great characters into these sort of various situations and uh, we, we made a load of recommendations about um picking up different Benny sets on a recent episode but the thing I wanted to say is that this box set is completely standalone. I don't know if they even refer to the Unbound universe or the fact that he's he's an alternative Doctor, do they? Um, I, th- I think there's one line at one point or okay. something like that. But yeah, essentially, this is just a very good standalone set. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, what were your thoughts on it? For me, this was a brilliant set, definitely. Um not the highlight of the month for me like it was for you because I'd have to say three quarters of this box set was brilliant, but one of the episodes didn't really land for me, unfortunately. Um, The first episode was a great introduction, did a brilliant job of setting up the whole scenario of the Cybermen being there and what was going on. And, um, but the second episode Wolf just didn't land for me. For me, it seemed like they were trying to sort of take that scene from, um, spare parts where Yvonne goes back to her family to show off her suit and trying to make a whole episode out of it. And it just didn't land for me. It was not as well written. It was really dragged out. And the characters, other than Benny herself and the Doctor in his, I think he only had about one or two lines at the end of the episode were good. But, yeah, the rest of the cast and the story and the writing, it just really didn't land for me, unfortunately. I would say of all the David Warner Unbound Doctor stories, it's my least favourite. I loved all the others and it's the only one that I really didn't, which is a shame, but I've seen the reaction on the forums. It seems like a lot of people really did love it, so I'm glad they did. But, yeah, it just wasn't for me, unfortunately. But um, the rest of the set was brilliant. I loved in the third episode, Ubermensch, when they did the whole sort of take on Tomb of the Cybermen and it was sort of a bit obvious where they were going with it. Like they did sort of have the lines about the doctor was practically just barely stopping short of saying, this reminds me of the tomb of the Cybermen uh, that I once visited. And they do 
hammer it pretty heavily at some points, but I think it really worked when they got to the differences. Like when they revealed the gold statues, I thought, oh, they've made the solution so obvious and easy. And then, no, they were actually a trick to make the Doctor think that it was going to be easy to solve. And, yeah, that was a nice twist. That was very clever. And there was a lot of cleverness like that in the story. And they really did a good job of hammering home how, you know, they set it up as the perfect trap for the Nazis, but it was also a perfect trap for the Doctor. And they did a really good job of it. The one fault I would say is they had that little bit where they reveal, oh, these drawings, if you take the mud away from the eyes, it's obvious they've got the teardrops and it's the Sidemen. And I thought, I mean, the Sidemen are a pretty distinctive looking species and, you know, what the tombs look like from Tomb of the Sidemen. And would they really be completely unrecognisable with just the eye drops covered? And so that little twist there didn't really work for me, but that was the one fault in an otherwise amazing episode. I think they really did such a good job with it and of course the finale Alfredison was just so brilliantly dark and the semi-converted compare and just the way he needled the doctor and basically tortured him and made him feel responsible for everyone else's lives as he killed them one by one slowly and painfully it was just some of the darkest stuff Big Finish has ever done and they really did an amazing job with it it was really brilliant, really powerful, really moving. And it was just, yeah, intense. And it was, um, I wasn't sure how they were going to solve it. And just, I mean, when Benny shook the doctor's hand, it it was obviously going to be something to do with that. But the whole lead up to it, like you didn't know what was coming. It was very tense. And yeah, definitely I'd say the best episode of the box set and the brilliant conclusion to this doctor's era. I mean, it's so sad we're never going to hear any more with him. And I think his incarnation had so much potential that there was there were a lot of things that they could have done with him that we'll never see. And I think that's a great loss. I'd, I'd love it if they, I don't think they will, but if they consider, considered continuing his story in a sort of a companion chronicle thing with um, Benny narrating it. But of course, I understand how close the actors obviously were in real life. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's a shame that, there's no more of this doctor to come, but what a what an incredible ending. He really went out on a high note. It was such a brilliant story. He he felt as real and unique as any of the TV doctors. He felt like he kind of um yeah, established himself as uh yeah, as much a doctor as any of them. Well, definitely. I actually, before this release came out, I went back and I re-listened to every story of his Doctor, not just his ones with Benny, his two original Unbound appearances as well. And he really did such an amazing job making the Doctor unique and different, but still recognisably the same, well, not the same person, it's a parallel universe version, but recognisably the same sort sort of character behind him and and yet making it wholly his own at the same time. I think he's an incredible performer who will be muchly missed and his incarnation is one of the brilliant little gems of Big Finish. Absolutely. I think uh, Big Finish, even when they were doing The Unbound and they were creating sort of a different Doctor each month, um, I think even then it's fair to say that David Warner was the standout and I think that... uh, we are so, so lucky to have 
got all of these extra stories with him. And you're absolutely right. He he is very much a doctor, uh, just as legitimate and brilliant as all the others. And uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed all of these sets and all of his appearances. And David Warner will be much missed. Um, let's move ourselves on and let's move to Torchwood. Uh, we've had two, I guess, Torchwood releases this month. We got the freebie uh, and then we got Death in Venice. So a postcard from Mr. Colchester and Death in Venice. Um, and the postcard, it was a nice little extra, a nice little sort of 10 minute slight tease for things that may be coming in the future hopefully um but obviously our focus point is death in venice which teamed up colchester and ace yet again for a proper sort of rip-roaring fun story um do you want to talk to us about it first jimmy yeah absolutely i loved this release definitely the highlight of the month for me and as i was saying earlier brilliant to see ace back and see she's doing in the present time and I think they did a really good job of sort of solidifying the background in the charity and how it works because I I remember when they first said back way back in Sarah Jane Adventures Oasis is running a charity basically and a lot of people thought uh, is that really Ace and apparently judging by the extras even Sophie Aldred was initially a bit disappointed before she sort of came to like the idea and I think this story does a good job of showing how it works like the whole dynamic of Ace not having wanted to be doing all the high-level administrative stuff and just wanting to be out there doing good work, helping people. And so the charity's sort of, that that's what led it, left it open to be invaded by aliens and sort of hostile takeover. And I think that really made it a lot more believable as a path for Ace because I can believe her absolutely going on and wanting to do more social justice stuff and help save the world, even though she's not time-travelling and fighting aliens anymore, just to make a difference. And the political and um, business-like side of it, though, doesn't feel like it's a good fit. And this story did a good job of showing why, yeah, she um, it's sort of necessary evil, if you will, that she has to deal with that side to be able to do the other side. But um, it makes it less of a good fit for her. She's less of a natural fit to that sort of job, but... She enjoys the part she does and um, she sort of needs to get better at the other side of it. And uh, I think it did a good job of showing both the areas that she's great at and the areas she's not so great at and making her um, ability to do both a very believable and well-written sort of uh, style. I think it's, um, yeah, definitely my highlight of the month and, it definitely bodes well for the future of Ace. I'm really looking forward to her coming back on TV and potentially maybe, um, as we were saying earlier, about they were saying maybe there's a spin-off in the line in the extras for the 10th Doctor or alternatively over here, she seems to have this great dynamic of Colchester. Maybe she'll be involved in Torchwood as it goes forward and I'd be happy to see either or both or combine them. I, I, I can't imagine what Torchwood would do with uh, K9. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely, no matter where Ace is going from here, it's there's a lot to look forward to, and especially on TV. But audio-wise, this is definitely the highlight of the month for me. I think Ace and K9 in Torchwood would be an absolutely fantastic idea. 
Uh, and they must surely be tempted by it now, whether it'll happen or not, obviously, we can't even begin to speculate. But yeah, that's the fact that we have this link now between Ace and Colchester. They've shared a couple of adventures together. We know that Ace has canine. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a real sort of a really good direction that this could all be going in. Um, but Death in Venice was just as as a standalone story. It was absolutely brilliant. Whether it's setting anything up or not, uh, it, it kind of doesn't matter because what we've got is just this really, really fun, entertaining hour-long episode with two fantastic characters. Uh, Mansell, what did you think of it? Yeah, I really, again, I said earlier, I think, that both older Ace stories have been a, a take on the character that I really liked, that she's, rather than rerunning that, the stuff that she went through as a teenager, she's got different, more subtle struggles, like reconciling her principles with the realities of admin and red tape, like she talks about in this episode. And, th- and there's also like a nice moment where she reflects back on her time in the TARDIS and she... Um, they're talking about honeymoons aren't they and she kind of draws that comparison of like things were easy then like they'd go on an adventure and solve things in a in a day or a weekend um and that the struggles and problems that she has now as when she's more grown up are very different and more drawn out and more complex um and i thought that was a really nice touch uh yeah and i'd love to see her in in tortured i was thinking about tone how does that all fit with the tone of Torchwood I suspect if she turns up she might leave K9 at home I'm just 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 thinking about how he'd fit with the tone of Torchwood as a series um but I think she could be a good guest star or or part of the supporting cast of a new Torchwood box set uh I think more than a character like like Sarah Jane who on TV was even with unit was a bit um uh, like actively against de- engaging with anything militaristic. Uh, I can see Ace um, kind of having reservations and having principles, but um, being willing to engage with them a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping she she pops up again, whether it's in more monthly releases, her own spin-off, or uh, in a new tortured box set, which, I, which another thing, I'm wondering if the postcard from Mr. Colchester is, like you said, hinting at that, that something's coming that there is a new box set finally yeah hopefully a uh, a new series i mean it was just a teaser for was it just, it was just called among us wasn't it uh which has obviously been in the title of the two continuing series so far so yeah, yeah. i'm i'm hoping that this is uh this is the series three or series i suppose it's not series three it would be series seven wouldn't it that uh that we yeah, have two, been three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. I've got that. Yeah, I have got that right. You made me doubt that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think we're heading in that direction. I hope we're heading in that direction. Um, it's been. It feels like an awfully long time since God Among Us. Um, it's been a good few years. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to know sort of what the next chapter in Torchwood is. Um, so hopefully, that's what is on the way. I think they have a lot of options, like you know, that and they're not even reliant on Jack or Gwen. Um, if you know, for different reasons, they don't or can't have uh, those characters involved. They've, they've built up such a big supporting cast with Colchester and others, and 
they've got all these other uh, Doctor Who companions and characters that they could bring in. Um, yeah, there's dozens of directions they could go in. And the new team definitely uh, are very good characters in their own right and I think have a lot of potential. I mean, it's been good to see um, in the main monthly range of Torchwood seeing Norton, Folgate or Colchester pop up. I would love to see the same for um, for Orr particularly as probably my favourite of the new characters and Eng certainly is interesting in her background with... Um, Gwen and I think that's been underexplored before because Gwen basically disappears without bothering to confront her. But I think there's a lot of potential drama and my ideal monthly release at this point would be get back Gwen and Eng and give them a two-hander story together to finally resolve that and deal with it. Yeah, they need that. Or, or like even the finale of a box set or an episode in a box set because, yeah, I agree, that's the, that's the bit that sticks out the most with... Gwen's exit, which you know, it's fine for characters to to come and go for creative reasons or because actors aren't available or or, or you know don't want to be involved. But yeah, that exit um, is the one big misstep I think in in the recent Torchwood stuff. I guess they did they worked with what they could um, yeah. at the time, but yeah, it would be nice to just have that followed up on a little bit of an epilogue type thing. Um, we. Uh, we, we shall see. Maybe we'll get it in the future. Who knows what's what's in the pipeline and what's beyond what's in the pipeline. Um, so we have had this month a re-release of the original Doctor Who Unbound in a nice digital box set. Um, it would be a shame not to mention it because they're all very, very good stories. Uh, we've already mentioned, obviously... Um, David Warner's Doctor, that's where where that character first appeared. Um, but it's, for the most part, a really strong set. So I was just kind of going to ask you guys uh, what your, your favourite of the bunch is. So you go first, Jimmy. Well, for me, I've got to be the biased first Doctor fan that I am and say as much as I love David Warner, for me, Jeffrey Bailden as the ultimate first Doctor is my favourite of the Unbounds. And I think... Most people seem to say that his first story, Old Mortality, was the better one, but I disagree. I absolutely love A Storm of Angels, and I think this take on what if the Doctor interfered and how much the universe would be changed by it. You know, you've got Elizabethan ships sailing through the asteroid belt. It's just such a brilliant story and such vivid imagery and it really does a good job of following up the previous story because they ended the first of his stories with that whole so many possibilities, so many paths, so many ways things could go. And then to rather than just pick one or the other to say, actually, here's two different versions of Susan. There's Susan, the president of Gallifrey, and Susan who's gone on to travel with the Doctor but isn't really real. And when they swap places at the end, it's just, it's one of my favourite stories Big Finish have done and I think especially at the time that it originally came out, it was, of course, if I remember correctly, it was before we had Companion Chronicles or Early Adventures. And so it seems it seems like the only uh, portrayal of the first Doctor era we would ever get at Big Finish. And it, um, it really did such a good job of this alternate take but that is still instantly recognisable. He, he sounded so much like William Hartnell without even trying and it was 
just one of my favourite stories ever. I absolutely love that one and cannot recommend it highly enough. Yeah, it, it was a so it was a beautiful story. It was absolutely great, and I and see what you mean about sort of how how for a while it was Big Finish's first Doctor, and it was great to have Susan as well. And uh, yeah, really, really strong story, and uh, that ending was lovely, proper punch the air moment kind of thing. Um, what about you, Mansell? Um, I mean, it's as as uh, eight stories. They're they're really varied and creative terms of things that they're trying and it's i think um and they still do it uh, today but it's like a period when i think big finish was still really exploring and trying out a lot of different things which was really great um my favorite story i think is deadline uh out of the eight and it's not yet actually technically an unbound uh doctor who story it's a um in, you know a universe where where doctor who is is fictional um but yeah, it's it's Derek Jacobi. Uh, I think long before he was the War Master, but uh, yeah, him just being really good, and it's it's kind of one of those things that a lot of franchises have done of like the concept of is the whole series a, a, a dream or fictional? Um, but I think this is just a really nice uh, take on it, and um, yeah, that'd be my recommendation. It's almost like a little. They're all audio plays, but it's 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 like one of those stories that you could imagine being done on stage as like a a produced show. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's a really really good and interesting release and an interesting way of looking at the concept of Unbound. Um, I do struggle to pick a favourite, if I'm honest. Um, I can narrow it down to two, one of them being Sympathy for the Devil, David Warner's Doctor's sort of introduction story. It's it's so great to have him and the Brigadier together and it, it, it really does play up to its sort of what if, which is what if the Doctor got exiled to Earth a bit later. And there are just hints out there that the third Doctor era still happened to Earth just without the Doctor in it, so there were the story still happened and unit were on their own uh, when they had to deal with them. And it, it sort of, you know, the stuff with the killer machine and uh, of course the master. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's probably the most sort of traditional doctor who story of all the unbounds, but it does that really well. And it's, it's very interesting. What if um, another one worth mentioning would be, Full Fathom 5 with David Collings as the Doctor um, it, it sort of takes a while for you to realise what the what if is uh, and it's basically what if the Doctor well, I think the way the, the Big Finish website puts it is what if the Doctor believed the ends justified the means um, really really powerful way of looking at it a slightly more morally ambiguous Doctor and a genuinely sort of horrifying, haunting ending. Um, and I, I do think David Collings uh, is perhaps the best Doctor we never had. I think Mordrin Undead kind of gives us that. Um, so, yeah, I'm really glad he was used here. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a really, really good bunch of stories. And I would... If you haven't got hold of it, the price they've got it on the Big Finish website for is definitely worth picking up. 
because um, there's there's some nice there's some really varied stuff in there really creatively varied stuff worth listening to um and uh, doctor who unbound has sort of resurfaced this year in a slightly different form um which is basically uh, the whole series has come out of what if the doctor believed he did have the right in genesis of the daleks um we've had two sets now uh, the unbound doctor of war genesis and destiny um i enjoyed the second set an awful lot more than the first uh, i thought it really played with some high concept ideas and it really kind of took the unbound thing a little bit further uh, the first one was it was very war doctory and very similar to other time war stuff we get whereas i felt this second played with its unbound nature a bit more um I particularly enjoyed the first story, Who Am I, by Nigel Fares. Uh, and it was essentially, what if the Master had turned up in the face of evil instead of the Doctor? It's a very, very, very doctor light story. And we get Jeffrey Beaver's Master instead. Um, just Jeffrey Beaver's on absolute top form with this one. Uh, so was Louise Jameson as Leela. Horrific story, horrible things happen to characters we love. Uh, but that's kind of the nature of Time War and Unbound stuff. Um, uh, I also really enjoyed the last episode, but particularly the way it ended. So I am going to spoil the ending, so listen away now if if you don't want that ruining for you. Um, but it ends essentially with the war being over and the, the war doctor, the, the warrior... Um, finding himself back at the end of Genesis of the Daleks and we get a sort of alternative Sixth Doctor with Sarah and Harry and they go off to have adventures. Um, I highly doubt this is a range big finish you're going to try and pick up, but it's a great idea. I'd love a kind of alternative Sixth Doctor Sarah and Harry spin-off, even if it's just for a set or two. So you never know. Like I say, I doubt it, but you never know. Um, but yeah, it's it was definitely the better of the two sets. Destiny was, and I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, so we are coming towards the end of this episode now. Uh, we've just about got time for a what have you been listening to? We haven't done this for a while. Um, so basically, what else have you guys been listening to? Um so, Jimmy, you go first. Well, as I said earlier in this episode, I did the entire David Warner Unbound Doctor run. So I was uh, trying to get through all that before the new set came out. And so that's the main thing I've been listening to. But also on a non-big finish note, I, um, but still Doctor Who, I preparing for our um, season cover-ups. I've just finished listening to The Smugglers tonight and it was better than I remembered from previous viewings. Really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to, but a bit sad to get up to 10th Planet and the end of Hartnell. Yep, I do love listening to those um, missing story soundtracks. It's a shame that they're missing, obviously, but um, the, the soundtracks are a really good way of enjoying them, I find. Uh, what about you, Mansoor? What else have you been listening to? No, no other Doctor Who really, because when I do these monthly 
reviews, it's uh, it's usually just a case of uh, of catching up with the the recent months releases. Um, but if there's if it's non Doctor Who stuff, have I mentioned this before? But um, the the Rings of Power TV series is making me want to revisit the the BBC radio version of Lord of the Rings that was oh, yeah. done in the eighties. Um, I'm pretty sure I might mention this before on a previous episode, but it's yeah, just to say again that it's it's uh, a really really nice um, um, example of how good BBC radio um, dramatizations can be, and it's kind of that that perfect balance of being faithful to the characters and structures and concepts of the source material but then also doing some adaptation and dramatization to, to make it work as a performed thing. It's kind of that midpoint between reading the book and watching the movies. It's like the, yeah, the best of both worlds for me. Yeah. I listened to it um, some point, probably just over a year ago, I think. And yeah, it, it's mind blowingly good. Um, they managed to sort of get the epic scale um, as successfully as the films, uh, but obviously in a totally different way because when you're doing that level of epic, audio is a particularly different medium. But yeah, no, it's a very, very good adaptation and any fans of the books or the films, I would definitely recommend it to. Um, I have spent a little bit of time away from uh, Doctor Who and Big Finish in the last few weeks. Uh, and I've been listening to uh, the Archive 81 uh, drama podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Um, I watched the Netflix series when it was released earlier this year. I think it was January it came out. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, sadly, Netflix have not renewed it for a second season. It's been cancelled. So I kind of wanted to see where the story went originally. So I've listened to the podcast. I've near enough finished it now uh, three series and a couple of bonus bits extra bits um yeah thoroughly enjoyable so if anyone is looking for something completely different uh archive 81 uh it's it's free and it's on apple podcasts amongst others so uh that is all we have got time for it's as we've said been an absolutely great month from big finish i've really really enjoyed uh listening to it and uh, I'm looking forward to next month too. There's quite a bit on the on the slate for the next month that I have high hopes for. So looking forward to getting to hear it. Uh, before we disappear, just a little bit of podcast news. Um, this will be the last regular episode to be released on a Wednesday. Uh, from now on, we're moving to Mondays. So new episodes will be online around lunchtime on a Monday. Um, we will occasionally use Wednesdays for the odd bonus episode or that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, Monday is the new podcast day, so make a note of that. Meanwhile, though, uh, I will say goodbye and thank you to Jimmy. Thanks for having me. And I will say goodbye and thank you to Mansour. Thanks. And uh, we'll be back on Monday uh, with a new episode. So thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Mm-hmm.